Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race line. Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rain of Trevor Radio. Uh, this is the car cast after that. <laughs> Th- that. <laughs> what, what, whatever. Whatever that was. Whatever that was. Um, yeah, this is the car cast after that, uh, USC, uh, beats, uh, Arizona. And I just totally screwed up the, uh, the thing about the, the score bug. Good job. Me. No, it's right. No, it's not. It's got a SC twice. Oh, uh, which, you know, maybe that's a certain kind of, uh, certain kind of, mis- uh, you know, uh, maybe there's some poetry there. The point is SC wins 43. This is very very fitting for how ridiculous and stupid that game was that we have a ridiculous and stupid graphic up on the screen right now. Yeah. Anyways, uh, thanks for joining us uh, here either live on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Yeah, it's uh, Rain of Troy Radio. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Troy like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Rain of Troy. Email address Rain of Troy fansign.com. Phone number 818-643-7227. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, joined along with my co-host here in the Rain of Troy studio, Alicia Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. (laughs) Uh, There was a chat, I mean, a a comment in the chats that uh, SC wins, maybe the ugliest USC win of all time. Yeah, I, I I don't see how it's not that. And... Uh, I, I think the, the hilarious part about this uh, is that there were different phases of this game, Alicia. USC goes down 17 to nothing. Oh, everything's horrible. Everything's bad. They claw back. And there was a moment in this game where I thought, you know, if, if SC wins this game, pulling away, they put everything together, they win it like 45-20, we can get on here and be like, geez, that was a bad, you know, first quarter, but like, 
look, they made they made adjustments. They fought through it. Like uh, onward and upward, whatever. They're six and zero. Here's Notre Dame next week, and you know, good on SC for having the bad quarter at the beginning rather than the end, because maybe it says something about whatever you wanted to say something about. Um, but that's not how the game ended. No, it it. How did the game end, Michael? Um. Okay. So let me let me let me let me try to try to summarize uh, how this game ended. <laughs> if you're just joining us, or if you did not watch the game, um, SC goes down seventeen nothing. They claw back. Uh, first of all, the USC offense in this game very bad, like not good, uh, not the USC offense you've all envisioned. Uh, the Trojans fight back. They go on a 28 to three run. They go up 28 to 20. Looks like they're going to be able to just roll through the end of the game, but they don't because the defense does the thing after they have all the success in the middle quarters to turn the game around. They then give up the lead. It's 28, 28. Uh, SC's offense has a very poorly timed three and outs. Arizona has a chance to come down and win the game, but SC stops them. Um, then they get their own chance after Arizona misses a field goal to come down. Horrible clock management for most of the drive, but Marshawn, sorry, Marshawn Lloyd. Yes. Uh, has a long run to set up a first and goal. And at this point there's like, you know, 20 seconds left SC for fully in control. If you look at the like win probability, it had to have been at like 92%. Uh, and then <laughs> After the Marshawn Lloyd run, um, there is a botched RPO to the left in which Caleb pulls the ball at the mesh point and throws nearly a pick six. <laughs> I saw pick six the whole way. Nearly a pick six. <sighs> the next the next play is the botched mesh, uh, mesh point fumble in the backfield on... It's at least a, a zone read. It might have had some sort of RPO elements. I, I I don't know. It's at least a mesh point play where the ball hits the turf. Now SC has this weird thing where they're like running on the field to sna- to to spike the ball before the field goal, even though they have a timeout. I don't know what they're doing. Like just wait and take the timeout with a second left. Like I don't know why there is this weird scramble. So Arizona tries to ice uh, Dennis Lynch. They go on, uh, bring on Dennis Lynch. Bad snap. No kick. We go to overtime. Overtime gets weird. You go to triple overtime where it's penalty shootouts on the two-point conversions. Uh, SC draws up the most insane play you've ever seen in your life. Caleb Williams somehow scores. And then Arizona gets completely stuffed on their two point conversion attempt in which SC had the best defensive play of the night, saved it for the very last one. Uh, they get the stop and SC wins six to out. The Trojans are bowl eligible folks. <laughs> They're bowl eligible. There you go. Uh, yeah. Bowl eligible. Um, a win is a win. Um, Caleb Williams may have just won the Heisman with the his worst performance of his career. Um, I, I 
this uh, honestly, this was the stupidest thing I've ever seen USC do. I certainly have never seen USC have the ball in the like in extra point range field goal range and have the sequence of plays that happened at the end of regulation happen the way that they happened and somehow still not totally found a way to screw up the game mm-hmm. and somehow get to overtime. And oh, they, then, they screwed up the game. They, well, they screwed up the they game, definitely screwed up the game, but then, but then somehow they didn't because Caleb Williams is, is not human. He's a human cheat code. Uh, and managed to like human cheat code their way to victory. I, I am very resistant to talking about like team sports as like one person carrying like one player carrying the team. Mm -hmm. But if ever there was a game where one player just, just was it, it, it was this game because but but that's the irony is that he did this in a game that, like you said, was his worst well, that, game but that's, of his but that's the SC thing is, career. That's the thing is like Caleb was bad and and USC was bad, and then Caleb was sort of good on the plays that he was good, and that was <laughs> enough to score forty three points and win the game because Caleb was good on like the five plays resulted <laughs> in touchdowns. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I, inexplicable what happened tonight inexplicable and and also like from both there was something in the air at the coliseum because like usc was incredibly sloppy from start to finish top to bottom mm-hmm. but also asu was arizona not i mean i who i don't even know who someone some team on the other side of the field was also incredibly sloppy and also made a million mistakes and also almost won despite them and also actively tried to give the ball, the game away at every opportunity, but also was making the plays that they needed to do to have the chance to win the game. But also, I... I, bleh, I don't... I. Yeah, I... How are you feeling? Like, I... I how so, are you feeling about this game? Uh, I mean, first of all, for, I, it was it was like I'm telling you, it was faces. Like at the beginning, I'm like, this is like what what is going on? Because uh, yeah, Caleb Williams looks so out of sorts early on, and really, you know, for most of the game, to be quite honest, like from a passing um, perspective, for sure. Yeah, and just just not there. the 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 passing game was not there. The so much of it was not that the offensive line really struggled and that kind of led to a lot of lot of the issues. Um and so going down 17 nothing, big problem, obviously. Um, but yet when they turned it around, I thought that, you know, like I said, that this could be something where you could you could sort of come out of like, well, you know, at least they pulled it together. At least, you know, hey, you know, the defense did put it all together, but then the falling apart at the end, the, the last drive was first of all if if you had no connection to this game and you were just watching like if this was red river <laughs> and you were watching it completely as a neutral wouldn't you be like laughing your ass off at like how the game ended absolutely it would be incredible it'd <laughs> this, be absolutely like incredible incredible riveting tv it it would be like what everyone else was doing around the country watching 
Mario Cristobal's Miami somehow find yes. a way to lose the George. Cristobal realizing for a second time in his life that you just take knees to to, yeah. to win a game. Yeah, yeah. So, but yet, okay. I, I told you before we started recording that there would be a hot take, but I'm going to save that hot take uh, for after the super chat that we got from Torin. Thank you for the hey. super chat that says USC wins by at least 13. If you replace Cobb with Lee, I cannot figure out why he's allowed to start anymore. Uh, um, well, he's allowed to start because he makes the play on the final in on the two point I, conversion to to, I, win, to win the game. But I, the whole I, defense, I, I'm you know I, I think that the the whole so there were so many questionable personnel decisions not only tonight but like. Uh, as a whole on defense, absolutely. Those are things that, you know, continue to be there. Um, I I don't necessarily d- disagree that, you know, SC would be better if, if Shane Lee played more and all those things. At the same time, it, I, I think if there's, if there's anything that you want to point to about starting at linebacker, I th- it's Tackett Curtis, right? Like, um, like, Tackett Curtis should not be getting as many reps as he is. Uh, Mason Cobb, for all of his faults, has had a lot of good moments the last two weeks. He's kind of been the quintessential player on this USC defense where he's right there at the highs and the lows mm-hmm. simultaneously. Well, that's Kalen Bullock, too, and, and right. Bear Alexander and mm-hmm. and everybody. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Which we're, is... We're like... I Not, not to pick on Tackett Curtis here, but like... There aren't a lot of positive plays to point to with with Tackett Curtis. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like, whereas you can you know point to the last play of the game with with Mason Cobb, you can point to one of the other uh, the near goal line stand that happened in the fourth quarter where Mason Cobb makes a big helps with Shane Lee to make a big stop. Like there were, there were like moments there, and I don't know that there's any moments for for Tackett Curtis. Yeah. Uh, but I I told you before we started recording that there was going to be a hot take. The hot take here is I, I do not care about the defense tonight. I I don't. I the the defense was not good. Uh, I'm not saying that they're good. I'm not saying that it's okay in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, SC needs a new a new defensive coordinator. We know this. We've talked about that uh, at the end of the two lane game. Yes, but also tonight's defensive performance is what the defense is. And in the grand scheme of things, is not was not the worst defensive performance we've ever seen mm. because okay. Colorado existed. Okay, I'm pushing back now. No, I, I've, no. I've got it. I, I have to. I'm not, I, I'm I not saying no. it was good. Under, I'm, no, no, hold no, no, on, no, hold no. on, hold on. I'm okay. not. I'm not saying it was good or anything, but like 28 points in regulation. That's what you. Sh- that like that's what this defense is. Why are we shocked? This is what the defense is. Um. SC should win a game if their defense holds teams to 28 points in regulation. They should win each game comfortably. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, it's it's not that's... it's not going to win you a national championship playing like this. Yeah, yeah. But like, it, it didn't need to. The, the reason SC was in this game was because of the offense, and yes. I think we need to talk about the offense primarily today. Yes. No. Absolutely. One hundred percent agree with you there. 
But like, let's not get it twisted. The defense is a D student that did put in another D performance, and we're not surprised because they're still a D student. Right, but we know that like, they're a D student. So, but, what, but like, like, also, why are you mad about it at this point? No, but also, like, make make sure you also recognize at all times that this is, you know, if if you're saying like I'm uh, that that the defense is not something that you really care about tonight. That's you saying, I don't care that USC's defense it's is apathetic. a D student. It, yeah, it's, it's, sure. it's, it's apathy. But, like, don't let apathy get mixed in with, like, oh, the defense wasn't also part of the problem. Because if USC's offense is going to have a bad night, like every other offense in the country has occasionally, then sometimes you want your defense to not be the to, to have a, a d level game but every single right, player yeah, across the sure. board on defense regardless of what linebackers are in there regardless of what safeties are in there regardless of what corners are in there mm-hmm. regardless of what defensive front uh is in there they are remain at the same level which is a d right and yeah. that is yeah. and <laughs> that is very not good that is very right. not acceptable and once that's out of the way yeah we can sort of talk about how um about how you know it, the the reason this game was close is because the offense failed to to live up to to what we expect from the offense but that doesn't to me excuse what continues the continues to be no. the 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 ultimate reason why USC will lose games down the line it w- continues to be because the defense is exactly what they are and they are every yes, single week. And, against and you against the high-end opponents, absolutely. But if you lose to Arizona in this game, it's because of your offense. Yes, yeah. that's Well, but it's because of your offense and your defense because your defense sets you at a rate where you have to score 40 points in order, 43 points in order to win. Sure, because they're, they're, like, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to be, be there to, you know, pin a team down to 13 so points like, to, to allow the... The bad offensive game? The de- sure. The yeah. defense gets credit for winning the game for USC. I don't, because I don't think the, the defense, defense gets credit for well, winning the game. I just saw somebody in the chat say that Lincoln said that the defense gets credit for winning the game. Whatever. The, the defense, I mean, I mean the defense, maybe maybe because somebody has to get credit. Well, yeah, because somebody, no, yeah. There's no credit. That, well, like, Caleb Williams gets credit for s- scoring stupid plays yes, with his stupid sure. feet. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, like... The, yeah, the 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 defense is bad. Don't let the defense off the hook. The offense has huge red flags that I think are the bigger talking point coming out of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, That's all I'm saying. Yes, uh, absolutely. And those are huge, 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 huge red flags to me when an offensive line uh, going against a you know an Arizona defensive front. That's fine, but far, far, far from the best defensive front that USC is going to be facing this year. Right. And they're getting pressure with the three-man front. Yeah. They're literally in the backfield on every single play. It's like USC was running screens out there, except they weren't running screens. Like that's it was it was it was astonishingly bad from USC's offensive line in this game. And it really undercuts some criticisms that I have of, like, for instance, Caleb Williams or more specifically, like, Lincoln Riley in terms of the things that I want to see this offense do, like run the ball more. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to argue to run the ball more 
when every handoff includes an Arizona de- uh, defender at the mesh point immediately. Like, right. it's really hard to push for that kind of thing. Now, I mm-hmm. do think there were other things that Lincoln Riley could have done in this game to help uh, deal with the fact that the, that the offensive line was getting beat the way that they were. Namely, quick passing concepts. Mm-hmm. Don't expect... Caleb Williams to sit back in a clean pocket for five seconds on every play. Right. Have some underneath option. And by the way, Caleb also, this is this falls on Caleb because there were underneath options that he simply wasn't taking. Well, he was many, missing many them too. He was yeah. we, we we saw it in you know really early on, those first couple drives, he just missed guys that were wide open underneath. So it, I, I think a, a lot of the, the run-pass um, breakdown is affected by what Caleb wants to do because a lot of there, there are a lot of RPO plays. I, I honestly think I, we need to start counting the bubble screens on those RPOs as a run play. Essentially, they, they function as a run play, first and foremost. Secondly, it's, it's Caleb deciding if it's going to be a run or not based on how the defense lines up, right? So, like, that could have been a run, et cetera. And, you know, the, the counterpoint to this is when you're struggling to throw the ball, yeah, maybe take the decision out of Caleb's hand and call the runs. Then I wonder, does Caleb have the... Does he have the autonomy to check back into a pass anyways? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Either way... Um, we know that when he wants to take the ball in his hands and make a play, he will do that even on his off nights, which is incredible. Like you, like you said, um, the fact that this was his worst game in in an SC uniform, and yet he had a Heisman moment is, you know, insane. Absolutely. Uh, insane. And that's, um, this is one thing that I want to address because I'm seeing it in the chat. The uh, Number one, the idea that Riley just cares about patting Caleb's stats so he can win a Heisman, says Jules. And the other that, like, the, I, I can't find it now, but so, somebody was saying that, uh, you know, like Dylan Gabriel or Sam Hartman, which I feel like might be a troll, um, are, are more likely to win the Heisman after, the, after this game. Like, I think it's insane to suggest that Lincoln Riley is doing anything to pad stats to get Caleb Williams the Heisman. Yeah. This is a chicken egg situation. Not even a chicken well, egg situation. People are seeing a result and thinking that, that 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 USC got there for that reason when in fact Lincoln Riley has the reigning Heisman winner and the most likely player to win the Heisman this mm-hmm. year and is trying to let him cook because he does the crap that we saw him do in this game. Like, Caleb being as good as he is is the reason why Lincoln forces everything through Caleb because look what happens when you do that. Now, it's extremely frustrating at times because there's, uh, there's elements where if USC took the ball and, and, and let the running backs have more of a feature in this offense... Uh, let uh, let the the offense be a little bit more balanced, not having to rely so much on Caleb. A night like this wouldn't have to happen because Caleb being off on his throws is not as devastating because your whole offense doesn't have to go through him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, look at what Caleb did. Like, look at what Caleb did. If you come out yeah. of this thinking he hurt his Heisman chances... 
then I don't think you were watching the plays that very much did not harm his Heisman chances. Right. The, the other so. thing is, what did we talk about all offseason about statistics? He was due to have a much better year statistically because last year, Caleb Williams was awesome and he should have won the Heisman and full stop. Like, I'm not saying he, he shouldn't have. But statistically speaking, in the normal stats, the regular stats, your passing yards, completion percentage, quarterback rating, touchdowns, all that stuff, with the exceptions of interceptions, his numbers were very much basically what Sam Darnold put up. Sam Darnold did not win a Heisman Trophy, right? Like, his stats now um, are more in line with what Kyler Murray and uh, Baker Mayfield did under Lincoln Riley several years ago. So, like, he is more doing what this offense is designed to do now, statistically, product production-wise. So, yeah, I don't think it's about padding stats. I think that's just what this offense uh, absolutely is. Uh, we did get a couple more super chats uh, I want to get to here. Um, Torin says USC has, has an NIL deal with baby aspirin. 6-0 and o is 6-0. and o. I mean, yeah, 6-0, and o, bowl eligibility. Hey, they're trying to give us all heart attacks, so we should all be taking baby aspirin at this point. Yeah, hey, <laughs> baby watching. aspirin a day will keep the, uh, the heart doctor away. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and then we got a super chat from Dan who says... I don't have headphones, so I can't hear. But you all better sign up for DraftKings with code Reign of Troy. Dan, <laughs> are, like you're not working for us, but we'll like we'll take it because yeah, you guys need to sign up for DraftKings. Uh, Big Shill Dan here popping in the chat uh, because if you sign up for uh, for for DraftKings yet, there is a new offer where you can bet five and get two hundred bucks instantly in bonus bets uh, and you get a no sweat single game parlay every day with the code reign of troy all you got to do create an account deposit wager five bucks on any sport whether your first w wager wins or loses you'll still receive the bonus bets all you, you got to do is use the code reign of troy when you sign up the but the best part is that just like dan is trying to support the pod Going to DraftKings and using our code helps support the podcast as well. Uh, this offer, of course, is available only for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Alicia, where's USC going on the road next week? They will be in Indiana. Indiana. Which, mm -hmm. how do you get to Indiana? You take an airplane. Presumably. And you fly to what state? You fly into Illinois. Or, or what's the other one? Michigan. Michigan, yeah. okay. You know what all three of those have in common? Legal gambling states? Legal gambling states. Ew. So there you go. DraftKings. Uh, use the code Reign of Troy. Uh, check. Uh, please gamble responsibly, of course, when you go to see USC and Notre Dame next week. Uh, but check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Uh, we got more stuff in the chat here. Um uh, and Cardum says, what do you think of that stunt they used for the over the the triple overtime uh, shift on the line? I hated it. I hated it. I thought it was terrible. And Caleb Williams bailed him out. That that's what I thought. That, that's that's my take on that. That is a play where you have to be you, like you have to commit to scoring the touchdown. Like obviously the play is designed to score the touchdown, but like 
Because if you don't, if SC loses and that's the play that they lose on, oh my God. Like the, the people are mad now, obviously, but like, like if Clay Helton would have done that thing, I, I legitimately fear, I fear what would have like the repercussions of like people. It would have been horrible. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Joey in the chat says, somewhat positive question when you have the chance. Uh, what was your favorite moment? The Caleb spin the float, uh, spin and float quarterback sneak or the Caleb do it myself two point conversion? That The crazy thing is that the do it yourself two point conversion wasn't even his best damn play of the game. That spin out of the QB sneak with a dude on his back and literally just pure leg strength to drive him running backs aren't necessarily capable of, of, of doing that for a quarterback to do that, to stretch out to, to the end zone, to have the audacity to even try to stay upright in that situation Mm -hmm. is outrageous. This man is not human. This man is not normal. And that play alone, both of those two plays alone are Heisman real plays they're pure unicorn stuff. You do not see quarterbacks doing that. The, the, the second with a two-point conversion is much, much more likely to be to be repeated by other quarterbacks. I have not seen a quarterback do what Caleb did on that play. It's wild. Yeah, the only thing that I could think of was the Sam Darnold, his knee was almost down, uh, two-point conversion yeah. against Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Um yeah, like either one of those was great. His his keeper in the first overtime, uh, fantastic. And it's a hell of a testament to him that he can have those plays on a night when he couldn't hit Taj Washington wide open uh, four yards away, right? Like Poor, poor Taj Washington. <laughs> I don't think Taj Washington was doing anything different than he does than than what he does in every other game. Mm-hmm. Caleb just was throwing to Taj Washington like he was a foot taller than he is. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> weird. It was it was absolutely a uh, a a weird 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 off night. Uh, Angelo in the chat says, "Hi, Renna Troy. This is the most annoyed and frustrated I've felt after a win since 2017 Texas. What do you think?" I'm glad you brought this up because I was thinking about it. Not only was it another overtime game at the Coliseum, so the parallels are there, obviously. I was thinking back where I was thinking about it this week that, you know, SC fans being frustrated after wins. uh, And I remember how frustrated I was at the frustration of the Texas game because that was SC fresh off the Rose Bowl, right? That was like three games after the Rose Bowl. 2017, uh the the season starts with um it's the the western michigan game then stanford and then texas right mm-hmm. and the the angst that was there after that texas game was basically the same kind of frustration that was after the notre dame game uh later on the year the big blowout that you know people wanted helton gone and everything not not quite the same but i remember thinking like that texas game was nuts but like sometimes college football is just nuts and weird. Like 
in, enjoy like the wild ride of the like of the the final drive in which Darnold comes down and has the jump pass and all that stuff, and then McGrath hitting the two field goals, his first two makes ever. Like there were a lot of magical college football moments in that game that I thought that it wasn't worth being upset about um, because SC hadn't earned the the frustration. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Tonight's not that way. Where I think tonight, absolutely, you should be frustrated. Like, you should not be frustrated. I think that this is a game where if you were a, a neutral, I think that this is hilarious and you're laughing at this, like, how funny college football is, Pac-12 after dark, all those things. But, like, SC can have a clunker here and there. You can't have three clunkers in a row, right? Like, it's not a clunker anymore. Uh, and tonight... Looked like it was going to be a clunker when they go down 17 nothing, and Caleb Williams can't hit the broadside of a barn early on in the game. But again, you can't call it a clunker when you've had the other games that SC has had. Like, they they haven't earned that leeway. Uh, and so the frustration absolutely makes a ton of sense. As, as I've said a few times now, um, the, like... I think it's fair to call this an offensive clunker. I think this yeah, is this sure. is an, an 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 out of the 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 usual. The only thing that sort of extends it outside of just being a one game clunker is that the fourth quarter against Colorado was mm-hmm. very much of the same ilk. So, in that sense, I think there's a little bit of extra worry because of the extension from from last week. But it's an offensive clunker. Um, Defensively, it's you can't call it a clunker because this is literally like right. like this, this is what the defense this is, is. This is what the defense is. Yeah. So you sort of like the, the the defense is a clunker. So that's sort of part of it. Um, but I I would agree with you that the I came out of the 2017 overtime uh, Texas game feeling great. Like I thought that was a great win for USC. You know, in a weird spot. Uh, I think this is more akin to the wins that USC had in like. 2018 the, the 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 I was looking back at the schedule like that three game stretch um against Washington State Arizona and Colorado where USC wins a bunch of close games I remember being at the Arizona game that year the where the one that said where goes off in and being in the press room uh, away in, in that game and just having people lighting up my phone on Twitter and everything complaining about Mm-hmm. how terrible USC is and, and all of those kinds. Of, so like this is definitely, this has definitely been a, these, this feeling has definitely been around the USC program um, in, right. in recent years, but uh, there has to be a level of here we go again in order to really get to the point that you're at right now, which is like you said, the last two weeks bleeding into this week as yeah. The we were talking in the middle of the game where we were watching like this is one of those moments where like um, for a lot of this game if SC hits the field goal at the end yeah you take a deep breath and you're like well, they, they got through it whatever um, and you can make the parallels to the Oregon State game last year yeah I think it would have felt a lot like the Oregon State game if anything but the difference the, the, differ- the difference is, is that, that Oregon State has like a legitimately great defense uh, that caused the offensive struggles. And while I think Arizona's offense is pretty good, especially with the receiver talent, um, they didn't have the defense that you would expect to keep SC in check this way. Um, but also the difference is 
Essie doesn't score at the end of regulation, and the game just ends up with a bunch of oral, uh, like other weirdnesses to the point where it's like they didn't want to win that way either. The, the the biggest difference for me and the, I think the biggest red flag that's waving over this win is that it really felt like Arizona blew it at multiple like Arizona blew it in ma- massive they ways gone, fish should have gone for two it, I mean even before yeah well, even but, after you account it was for, it was both teams blowing it right yes, but even after you account for just the copious amount of, of penalties and stupid plays that Arizona was making gifts to USC throughout yeah um when they when Arizona is gifted something back which is USC screwing up the end and missing that field goal they go into overtime and to me Jed Fish lost the game when he didn't go for two because yeah I will go to my grave believing that if they had gone for two they convert and they win but but also if they don't and they and they lose by not going for two is there and is there a single person blaming Jed Fish no 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 no, no, absolutely no. not. So. Especially when you look at what Arizona did the last two weeks, and this is one of the reasons why I think that we need to give a lot of credit to Arizona for being a good team. Not for SC, like, you know, having the struggles that they did that were self-inflicted, which mm-hmm. were plenty. But Arizona in the last two weeks, two weeks ago, you would have said that SC and Washington are the best two teams on the West Coast, best two teams in, in the Pac-12, all those things. And Arizona went toe-to-toe with both of those teams, lost by two on the road, and lost by seven at home. With a new quarterback making his first two starts. Like, that is what you would hope if you were Utah. If you were anybody. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's a big testament to to all of that. But... um, Another super chat from Torin. Thank you, by the way. Uh, hey. What's the record number of viewers for the car cast? Uh, it was last week, the Colorado one. So we have flirted with 500. I know that. Like uh, active active people all, all at once? I think, yes. I believe it was last week, yeah. Um, did, we, did we hit 500 last week? I'm... I'm did we? We got close. I know last year after the Utah loss, uh, we definitely were up in that range. So we're we're close. <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah, the um I I'm now last week we peaked at four thirty five. There's four forty three hey, on here. So there we go. Biggest of the season. New record. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Congratulations, everybody! <laughs> Congratulations. You're, you're part of a record, yeah. rec- record-breaking, um, you know, broadcast. Thank you, guys. We couldn't, we, we couldn't do this without all, you. All it took was a stupid game in overtime. Yeah, that, that, that's that's all it was. Um, all right, uh, we got more questions to get to, uh, so let's take a quick break uh, and then get to those. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've got mail. All right, let's open up some more mailbag stuff. Uh, Lamont says, "Was this was the character game. To win that game, uh, when this team is clearly off, should be a rallying call, but I feel like we will be without Gentry, uh, Christian Roland, Wallace, Domani, and Zach next week. Can we survive it? I, I will say, when you talk about the, you know, the idea of, like, clunkers and all those kind of things, I put this on Twitter. If... Bessie goes out and beats your alma mater Notre Dame next week convincingly, you know, whatever that means convincingly at that point. Nobody cares about this week. Nobody cares about last week. Nobody cares about any of those things because if you beat Notre Dame, you beat Utah, you beat Washington, you beat Oregon, nobody cares about any of these things. Would I predict that SC would do all those things? No. But if they do, nobody cares about this. Yes, 100%. Uh, And that's... (sighs) that's the thing this game is full of red flags for why usc is in trouble in those games but when it comes down to it this game is irrelevant if usc wins those games like the first six weeks of the season are irrelevant if usc wins those wins those games the first six weeks of the season are only relevant if they were correctly waving the red flag yeah or uh for the 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 coming six seven weeks whatever yeah absolutely uh relic in the chat another uh, super chat thank you we appreciate you guys thank you you, relic we 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 missed it earlier our bad we're we're, here's looking out yeah relic says i've watched a lot of college football i just want to say all college teams suck they find unique (laughs) unique ways to suck every week just embrace the suck they're kids i agree with this 100 percent. like wholeheartedly with the exception of georgia and even Georgia but struggles. Even, even even Georgia. Yeah, even even Georgia yes. has their you know last week against South Carolina they they certainly weren't themselves. I I think there are only a handful of truly elite teams out there, and 
maybe not even a handful, everyone else is extremely susceptible to massive, massive problems. Like it's all, it all depends on what your problems are. For instance, Ohio state looks like a really flawed team because their offense is not nearly as good as they should be given the firepower that they have on offense, but they've Mm -hmm. got a good defense. Which, they have a Maryland problem, yet they keep beating Maryland somehow. Yeah, they, they keep surviving Maryland, which is yeah. why they're able to survive and advance. Surviving is key in college football. That's It's an underrated part of college football. Fresno State has looked outstanding uh, for, for week after week after week after week getting ranked. Then they don't survive Wyoming. Mm-hmm. It happens. Washington State looks outstanding week after week after week after week. Then they don't survive UCLA. Uh, Notre Dame has been playing with fire has, has, you know, they, they, they lost to Ohio state, but still look like a strong team. They get beat by Louisville today. Right. Um, it happens. Texas looked like one of the best teams in the country. Looked like they could compete in the sec. Looked like they could be the number one ranked team in the country. Bam. They run into Oklahoma. It happens. Unbelievably too. Like they, they just completely left, let Oklahoma. Well, you want to, you want that one. You want to talk about like sloppy games that are inexplicably like, why are you trying to lose this game? Look no further than, than Texas three yeah. turnovers in that game. Oklahoma's he, the better team. And yet Texas had them. Yeah. And still, still let them up. Yeah. 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 So the, I think that's a very, very strong point relic. The idea that everybody is, uh, Every everybody is sloppy. Everybody's weird. Everyone is dealing with with you know eighteen to twenty two year olds who are unreliable and have gaps all over their roster. All of that. Yeah. This is very very true. Something good to keep in mind. But right. again, it comes back to if you buckle down and take care of business against the big teams left on the schedule, mm-hmm. then you will have made it through. And if not, you will fall into the category of the vast majority of the good teams in the country, which end up ranked somewhere between 10 and 25 mm-hmm. and have three losses each and are sort of good, but not great. And USC wants to be great. And that is the standard that we're sort of holding them to, I guess. Yeah. And to go back to that Texas game we were talking about earlier, that was one of those moments where it was like, that was one of those like great college football moments where they they pulled it out and had the those kind of fun fluky things that go in your favor at the end um this wasn't but like i said um i think the context is why you know you can be frustrated maybe at this one a little bit more than anything else but still you know have some sort of uh, understanding that everything in college football uh, is weird that you know we, we can sit here and say that you know oregon and washington look like the cream of the pac-12 and that maybe SC isn't in that group anymore at at this point. The metrics don't bear that out when you look at like Bill Connolly's stuff. The SP Plus has those three teams almost almost equal. Bill Bill C was tweeting about it this week. So like, there's still a lot to play. This thing will be decided on the fields, uh, and it might end up being decided on the field in the dumbest of ways, like tonight was. But that's that's college football for you. The one thing I'll say is it is uncanny the way that USC's defense can make every opponent that they play look the same on offense. From an ASU team that was an absolute wreck to 
uh, in terms of injuries and, and, and scoring before to a Colorado team with a, a lot of talent but uncertainty to this Arizona team. They all look the same and do the same things. And there's potentially comfort in the consistency of that because I think this is sort of what you were getting getting at, but like if you can fit Notre Dame into that same bracket, mm-hmm. then you can win that game. Right. If you can fit Washington and Oregon into that same bracket, then you can win that game. Like it's just it yeah. just really depends on uh on figuring out if you can actually do that instead of doing the exponential thing where Oregon is 10 times better than Arizona, thus Oregon will score 10 more 10 times more as many points as Arizona and you know do that kind of thing. Um so, I don't know. Um we got a question from Eric in the chat to address. Uh, you guys like the statement that all college teams suck. Are the critiques harsh just so they can be referenced when we lose a game? Sort of, and I told you back when we played. Uh, oh, uh, sort of, and I, I told you back when we played so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which is what I think Eric is asking there. Um I I think the issue with the idea of like harsh critiques is that when USC is aspiring to like championship level, then our critiques have to be at a certain level where yes, all college football teams suck, but USC wants to be one of the elite ones. Right. That sucks a whole lot less than the rest. <laughs> and and like, like the way you're explaining this. I mean, I, I mean, that's sort of, I, I, I'm trying, I'm trying. No, no. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. Like, um, I, I think there's, you know, there's nuance to it, right? Because on the one hand, yeah, you, you want the standard. If the, if the, if you are expecting to win national championships and that's what you said, the expectations should be, we should judge accordingly at the same time. I'm a believer that those type of expectations also creates a a binary like happy or sad thing about every single season that is based on did you win championship? Yes, if so happy, if not sad. Yeah. And that I think sucks because one of the great things about college football pre-playoff is that it's not just this binary where one team is happy and all other 130 teams are sad. Like, college football is great because a bunch of teams can be happy and they're fighting for different things and people have different goals. Even teams that don't win, you know, a conference title can feel good about the progress they're at or whatever it is. There's, there's different There's different rubrics for every team. And when you put one rubric, which is, did you win a championship or not? Like, that's like one of the things I hate about pro sports is that there's only 30 teams. And if there's, if you're not one of the, if you're not the 30 team, the, the, the one in 30 that wins, then, you know, you hate life. And that's the misery that I don't want people to sort of subject themselves to. 
but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be critical of where SC is because yeah. those are the expectations, right? Like it's, other, it's just a little bit of nuance. The other thing is too, is so that nuance comes though from having your eyes open and, and, and sort of looking at the full spectrum of, of college football. Right. And what that does is it allows you to see, yeah, everybody, everybody makes these massive mistakes. Everyone else has these stupid games. Everyone else is on upset alert every other week. Um, everyone goes in at the half down or trailing to teams they shouldn't be. And the fact that they get out with wins is sort of what sets them apart from the ones that, that don't. That perspective is really important. Mm -hmm. What's working against USC, at least from my perspective, is somebody who is from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. or longer if USC is playing longer um, every Saturday and watching a full spectrum of games, you know, across the board is that you also get the perspective of like what the good teams look like too and what the elite teams look like too. And one of the things that I have a problem with with this USC team is I have seen a lot of those other teams in their worst moments as well. I have seen them when they're on upset alert. I have seen them against the the crappy team or not crappy, but you know, the 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 big underdog um, and having a bit of trouble in the first half. And I have also seen how they react to that and how they respond to that. And I think my biggest issue with this game in particular is that if it had just been as simple as USC had a terrible first quarter, went down 17 to nothing, everything was bad. They were just sleep, sleepwalking into the game and, and, and were look, caught looking ahead at Notre Dame and just had that happen and then pulled a, for lack of a better uh comparison like pull to Pete Carroll where they flipped a switch and suddenly USC's back they're on track they're focused they're ready to go and they they get get away with it and move on to to next week the way that I have seen Michigan do and the way that I've seen even like Ohio State do and Georgia do and the 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 true contenders do that USC very very much did not do that in this game not only did they not flip the switch, pull in their focus, and get better, they had the same problems in the final five minutes of the game as they did in the first five minutes of the game. Actively made incredibly stupid mistakes to put the game in doubt, in jeopardy, when it should have been all wrapped up, and flirted so hard with losing the game that, like... It 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 was beyond the point of just oh you had a rough day and and you know don't don't think too hard about it and just move on you got the win the win is a win it was the eye test that I am not seeing from USC right now that is what is worrying me the eye test is not being passed and the eye test mm -hmm. hasn't been passed for the defense the whole right. season but in the last five quarters of play the eye test on offense has also been very lacking. And that's the thing I didn't expect, right? Because one of, SC had, I, I was reading Bill Connolly's stuff a couple of weeks ago, uh, and it was about how USC has literally the most reliable offense in college football. Like, reliably, you know what this offense is going to be. Not only this version of it, but it was that way throughout you know, the Lincoln Riley era at Oklahoma, like they were what they were every single year. 
go look at Baker Mayfield's stats uh, his last two seasons and then compare them to Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts. Like, they're almost identical. Uh, Each one gets a little bit better, but, like, they're almost identical, right? Uh, And so this offense is reliable. Uh, And yet, the last five quarters, SC has not been good on offense. And I don't understand uh, how there was sort of a a light uh, switch that sort of flipped. Is it just the offensive line? Like, is it it that simple? It's got to start. Well... Okay, I think there are very valid criticisms of the wide receivers in Zach this game. Zach Branch isn't here? Like, is, is it is it the lack it of... It can't just be Zach Branch, though. Like, if it's if it really comes down to a true freshman wide receiver, I, the kid's I can't special, imagine I'm not arguing he's not, but it can't just be that. I think that uh, you want to see more from your receivers in terms of getting open and giving Caleb um, good options on some of those plays. But to me, it it really does come down to the offensive line. I think Caleb Williams, we don't see him having the game he said he had in this game from a passing perspective if the offensive line is giving him time to stand in and settle in and, and make his throws, and yeah. they weren't. And the running game could be much more dangerous and effective and helpful in across the board for this offense if the offensive line was more consistent. But they, it it was, it was 100% the offensive line just getting beat left and right. And today was really the game where I, I really noticed the loss of someone like Gino Canones. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, Ma- Michael Tarquin was having a rough day. Um, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Pregnon was having a rough time of it. Yeah. And I don't think USC had somebody to plug in in replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Jarrett Kingston, sorry, Jarrett Kingston especially was having a really, really rough time. And Canones would have been the guy who was going to be able to come in and, and take his place for a drive or take his place for the rest of the game if he wasn't on it in the game. And USC doesn't have that guy. The depth on the offensive line is really, really an issue um, in that sense. When things are going wrong, there there's not necessarily people you can turn to. And that just sort of sets the offense back across the board. I think what's even more concerning is that Arizona clearly had a game plan that knew how to beat USC's offensive line uh, down to individual men. Like it, it couldn't have all been, obviously we haven't watched back the game. So, so it's hard to say, but it couldn't have all been defend. It couldn't all been individual beats. Like it couldn't have just been physical beats. Right. They were timing the play. They were timing ways. They were, they were um, sending delayed blitzes. They were doing all sorts of tactical things mm-hmm. that were getting one over on USC's offensive line, which is the last thing that you want to see because the thing is, USC has one of the best offensive coordinators in the country. USC is supposed to be able to win that game of, of wits. Right. And to lose it to Johnny Nansen, of all people, well, that's what was, yeah, is, it, is, is, is a wild thing. Johnny Nansen is not the guy I would think of when someone says, quick, name a good defensive coordinator. Johnny yeah. Nansen isn't that guy. Not because I think ill of Johnny Nansen. I just, he's just not one of those guys that comes to mind, right? Um, uh, did did get a comment from, from Jose in the chat that talked about uh, how is it a bad defensive, offensive performance if they scored 43 points? They scored 43 points in a triple overtime game in which they scored 15 of those in overtime. They scored 28 points in regulation, 
Um, Seven of those were uh, off of a turnover. Well, not, not directly, a, a short but, field. but a short field from a turnover. Yes. One of those other drives was extended multiple times. By bad penalties. By really by atrocious stupid, penalties from... Stupid penalties from, a, from, from Arizona. Arizona. And to uh, put it into context, SC's 28 points. I'm pulling up the thing. Um, Bailed out on fourth down twice from penalties, the, if I remember correctly. The fewest that SC has had in a healthy Caleb Williams game since the Oregon State game last year uh, when they scored 17. Uh, also, I want to talk about statistically how bad this offensive performance was. Um, third downs, SC was 3 of 9, 33%. This is three straight games where SC has been 33% or worse. If the Trojans ranked, if the Trojans third down conversion rate was 33% for the season, they would rank 112th. That's not good. Mm -mm. This offense is too good to be that bad on third down. I understand that the offense is at its best when they're cooking on first down and they're able to just Role we saw the we saw that you know early on uh, against Stanford and and Nevada where they were just first down first down first down first down first down uh, and just going downhill in a hurry, but sometimes you're going to get the third down and you got to be able to pick up those third downs, and SC just does not make it easy on themselves uh, on third down. Uh, you look at yards per play. SC was at six point one uh, yards per play. Uh, well, what's the context of 6.1 yards per play? Uh, I'm pulling up last year's yards per play. Uh, it was the lowest since the Pac-12 championship game against Utah. Uh, if you take out that, last year they only had lower uh, um, yards per play performances against Washington State and Oregon State. So, like, this is, like, as bad as the offense has been. Like, um. They, they they just were. The, the crazy thing is, again, they were that bad, and Caleb Williams was able to still do superhuman things. Also, to their testament, they were that bad, uh, and SC turned the ball over um, one time um, with no interceptions. Well, I mean, and this is what I'll say about the offense. Um the saving grace of the offense on a bad night like this is that they still do not commit a lot of turnovers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we highlighted Texas as a, as an example of a team that really shot themselves in the foot and, and gave away a very winnable game um, because they committed turnovers. You can't have three turnovers in a game and expect to win. And I think the thing that keeps USC in it is, even when they're playing as bad as they they are, even when Caleb Williams is throwing the ball as bad as he, as he is, he's still not making that kind of devastating mistake. Yeah, uh, and that is a that is a plus. That is something that will uh, that will help keep USC afloat this year if they if they're going to have a chance to to continue to continue going. Like if you're not going to be hitting your your passes at least don't give the ball away and right. give the other team a short field. Yeah. It makes a difference. And in this game, it ultimately was the difference. Arizona had that uh, set up USC in the short field with the, with the turnover and USC scored a touchdown and it was in a close game that mattered. Yeah. LFG in the chat says simply put the attempted rebuild 
of SC's 2023 offensive line failed. Uh, losing the uh, Florida inbound transfer first, then Quinones, uh kneecapped SC's hopes of fielding a decent O-line. Um, I, I think that that's an interesting point because I think that, you know, part of the, the thing about the transfer portal is that, yes, you can rebuild things pretty quickly, but Kentucky doesn't win a national championship every year in basketball, right? Because now the 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 one and done rule, um, Kentucky has a new starting five every single year, right? And sometimes it just doesn't work. Like sometimes it just it's just not going to work. Uh, I think I think this offensive line isn't terrible because they have been able to run the ball uh, a lot of times, not as reliably uh, as they were earlier earlier on at the very beginning of the season. Um, but they are definitely not as good as they were last year, which is a, a problem, and it's going to be a hindrance uh, against better teams because Utah's front is very good, and honestly, the best defense I've seen all year, I think, might be UCLA. Their defense is really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's... It's, it's, I mean, yeah. it's going to be tough That's, to uh, Utah, see how I see matches up against them are going to be are going to be interesting matchups for this offense when the offensive line is is playing the way it is. But right. I, I would agree that that the 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 offensive line is clearly not as good as it was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that was always going to be a tight tight rope that USC was walking because of the transfers because transfers are not automatic hits you're you're still looking at a like if you're 50 percent on your transfer hits then you're feeling pretty good and usc needed uh all of the transfers on the offensive line to hit to hit because they had no depth on the offensive line to begin with because the offensive line recruiting of the previous regime was was really not up to snuff so yeah um that was going to be the disadvantage uh the whole time coming into this, which is, but, but this is sort of why I'm a little bit frustrated with Lincoln Riley himself, because at a certain point, I want him to understand that he has the offensive line that he has in front of him Mm -hmm. and to work within the confines of what that offensive line is and instill maybe whether it's the play calling or whether it's instilling in Caleb, a greater sense of this to understand that, you need to get the ball out fast. You need to yeah. be doing shorter passing concepts. You need to be, especially when USC has the athletes that they have, USC gets burned by the opposing team all the time, hitting underneath stuff and then breaking a tackle and breaking loose for big plays. Mm-hmm. USC can do that. I, I it, it's, it's frustrating that they don't try to do that a little bit more often, considering what the offensive line looks like at times. Yeah, for for sure. Uh, Jeff in the chat says, give us an eyeball prediction. How many games does USC lose going forward? I say two. By the way, Jeff, I'm pretty sure this is Jeff from Denmark. Uh, so uh, God Morgan, that's what <laughs> Google says is good morning in Danish. Um, I, I, I think. SC six to zero on on the the easy part of the schedule. We talked about this all off season, the easy part, and then. Now, now's where push comes to shove. The 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 six game gauntlet at the end. Uh, I predicted SC would go ten and two before the season. You said 
eleven and one? Are you holding by your prediction at this point? I I can't go eleven and one anymore. Okay, where I are you can't. going? Um, I don't like that Oregon game at Otson. I was I went eleven and one in part because I was optimistic that USC would able would be able to beat Oregon. I, I actually think this is a case of optimistic, Alicia. Well, it's not anymore. Um, I was being optimistic about that game. I no longer. Number one, USC has performed poorly enough on the road that I was already circling those road games as mm-hmm. as scary. Yeah. Number two, USC's defense is allows too many explosive plays. Uh, I don't like the matchups against Notre Dame and Oregon. I very don't like the matchup against Washington at home. Now that I've seen USC play at home in against Arizona and right. not come home and feel comfortable. Um, so, and I, and I hate, I hate looking at Utah to be fair. I just, Utah cam rising isn't back yet. I still don't know what to make of that Utah team, but they have a good defense, uh, and USC makes bad offenses look good. So that's a worry. Uh, I think that I'm, I'm, I'm predicting at least two losses. I think I'm now trending a little bit more towards nine and three, to be honest. Pessimistic Alicia is out in full force. Wow. I'm feeling, I'm feeling pessimistic after watching that performance. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how you can't, like I said, the eye test is not, mm-hmm. is not there. Yeah. So until the eye test turns and USC has a couple of weeks here where they have to do that in order to get out with wins. Mm hmm. I have to be honest about Washington and Oregon are better teams than yeah. USC. They are more complete teams. They are more balanced teams. Yeah. Those you have to pencil in as losses currently. Notre Dame is now a little bit more of a question mark to me because Notre Dame I, has looked so funky themselves. This, but- is, this is the funny part. Because I was thinking about this today. Going into the game, I was like, I got to be honest. Notre Dame does not nearly look as bad, as difficult as they did uh, three weeks ago. Oh, absolutely. Um, I I I wonder what that game is going to be like next week for them. Um, at the same time, and, and then, you know, you compound that with Utah, who is not only always, ho- like, not even remotely close to being the same team, uh, away from Rice Eccles, but they don't have Cam Rising. Their offense looks absolutely atrocious, even though they have a fantastic defense. I, I was thinking about it, like, it sets up, you know, well, if SC gets through Arizona, I think they can win the next few games and then go undefeated into November. And then tonight happened. And then I'm just like, well, if this is what the, if the offense is capable of doing this again, then yeah, I think nine and three is a is very much in play. If if the offense is the same offense that played against Colorado for the first three quarters, the same offense that we saw uh, against Stanford and against all those other teams, then I think SC still has a very solid chance to go ten and two or eleven and one. Because I you know I know that all the pessimism on the defensive side of the ball, but like. I urge you to go back and look at the 2018 uh, Oklahoma schedule. They literally won every game, 55 to 50. Yeah. So they, I think, if SC is SC's capable of doing that on offense, 
but tonight really sort of damaged my view of that. So yeah, I, I'll I'll hedge my bets and you know stick to sort of the the ten and two kind of thing. My but, my confidence be, before this game that USC could make it through eleven and one or ten and two really hinged on because USC will have a chance in all of those games because USC can score fifty in all of those games. Right. I, but also I sort of took now, that for granted. Yes. But also we've now, it's now three weeks in a row where we have come out of a USC game. Yeah. The last two weeks, USC scored 42 and 48. And we said, it's crazy that USC could be playing really poorly and still score 42 points and 48 points. And the offense isn't even playing at a, at a level that we expect them to play at. They're not hitting the heights that we expect mm-hmm. them to hit at. And then USC goes home, and the scoreboard says they scored 43 points, (laughs) but in regulation, they scored 28. Right. And that is, you know, that USC really needs to hope that this was just their Oregon State from last year. They need to hope that this was just the weird, weird game where Caleb was off and the offensive line was off and it was just a weird opponent and all of that kind of stuff. Because... This is now three weeks in a row where the offense hasn't really looked. Where the offense has at least had a bad quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight, I think they had a bad, like. Three, three it quarters. It was like three quarters at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's three weeks in a row where they've at least had one bad quarter. Um, and mind you, the reality is most teams have one bad quarter of offense at some point. Like, yeah. Like that is, the standard is so high for SC, but also when you have the defense that SC has, they need to sort of be perfect on offense. Luckily for the Trojans, they almost always are nearly perfect on offense. Yeah. But they aren't right now. They aren't. Uh, they certainly weren't against Arizona, which, um, you know, now, doesn't bode well. But the other thing, like I said, going, like I said earlier, if, you know, if SC goes and, you know, drops. 45 points in, on, in in South Bend and does it, uh, you know, naturally and effectively and efficiently and all that stuff, then the, you know, the concerns about the offense, I think, go away. Um, but the, and this is the, this is the thing is like, Louisville just put up 33 points on that Notre Dame defense. Right. So I thought that Notre Dame defense was going to be quite hard to break down mm-hmm. and we've now seen a team manage to to break them down yeah. um that doesn't mean that usc that this isn't arguably the the toughest defense that usc has faced so far this year but yeah. it gives me a little bit more hope that usc if the offense is operating at the level that we expect of them that the offense can score 40 points mm-hmm but they have to score 40 points because right now I'm penciling in Notre Dame for at least 35 simply based on USC has a baseline of 28 points for every offense that they play. And Sam Hartman's a quarterback that can create explosive plays. And, and, uh, uh, Esme is, is a running back who can create explosive plays. So I'm going to give them that nod of giving them at least one extra touchdown on top of that. So I have them scoring 35. USC has to score at least 35 points if they want to be involved in that game and maybe even more. I don't know. Here, here's how I look at it. Um, Take take the the scorebook for the rest of the series, the rest of the season. Write twenty eight points next to every other team. Yes. Just write twenty eight points. Okay. You got a pen? You got it? 
Okay. Mm -hmm. It's there. All right. Which is what Arizona now, scored in regulation as well, by yes, the way. Yes, which, which is why I said the thing about, worse. like, this is yeah. just is what the defense is, right? Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so take the 28 points. Now, would you consider this a good offense? Like, it, it, the, the opponent that SC's playing, would you say, hmm, they are a pretty good offense? If the answer is yes, add seven, 35 points. Okay, it's 35 points. Yeah. <laughs> now, would you say that this is an elite offense? Then write 42 points. Yeah. And then that's what SC has to go out and beat. Yeah. And so you should expect that you're going to need 45 points to beat uh, Washington, Washington and Oregon. And Oregon. You yeah. should just expect that you're going to. When it comes to Notre Dame, I don't want to like get ahead of you know our Notre Dame preview that we're going to have later on this week. I don't. You know, they're the number. I, I'm. I will do more more research and sound more educated on Wednesday night when we preview the game. But just you know, free balling at this moment right now. I I don't know that I'm adding extra qualifiers for Notre Dame's offense, and I think they're they're at the twenty eight points. You look at the last I three weeks. They're at 30, I think they're at thirty-five because look at the when last three weeks when they're hitting. Ex well, we'll get into this when we when we do that. But like when they're hitting explosive plays, they are an explosive offense. And guess who's really good at giving up explosive no, plays? Th yeah, sure, that, that's valid. And you know, Lamont says uh, it doesn't matter, Michael, because Notre Dame will play like it's a national championship game next week. We get everyone's best shot. I agree. Also, it's in South Bend. SC never plays well in South Bend, let's be honest. Um, the other, the the flip side of this, though, is I don't know that that part applies to Notre Dame. Because, yes, I think that everyone gives SC their best shot. Notre Dame's schedule is just so difficult that SC isn't an abnormally large opponent on their schedule. They played Ohio State two weeks, two weeks ago, right? Like... SC is not their their singular Super Bowl in that way, um, but yes, the games in South Bend. We're, we'll we'll talk about it next week later on this week. I I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, Lamont also says it's clear to me that Rice Washington and Michael Jackson the third are the best wide receivers. But why not give? Deuce a shot as a bigger wide receiver to pair with Rice on the outside, since our smaller guys aren't doing much. Uh, with with Zachariah Branch out, I am a little bit surprised that USC wasn't um, digging a little bit deeper into the the wide receiver group. I'm surprised we haven't seen Kyron Hudson more. Yeah, I I'm, he did catch the touchdown. I have to admit, I am quite disappointed with Dorian Singer. He was also put in a bad spot because I don't I don't know that Caleb was really giving him a chance on too many of those throws, but. USC needs more from Dorian Singer in terms of availability. The way that Taj Washington makes himself available on plays. Um, mm -hmm. I, 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 I think that, but at the same time, I think that the, the Brendan Rice, Mario Williams, and Taj Washington are a sufficient three for USC if Caleb is being given time to throw and find his receivers. Mm -hmm. Um, so it sort of all comes back to that. But by, by the way, I'm looking at the uh, look at the. Do you have the stats in front of you? The step step broadcast. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Go to a different tab or something. Okay. 
hide it. Oh, so I'm not supposed to look at it. Don't okay. look at this. Okay. Do not look. Okay, ready? Okay, yes. Okay, they were... Um, I, so I, I I did the math just 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 right now. There's 27. Uh, Noah Fafita had 27 targets to wide receivers. 27 targets to wide receivers in this game. Okay. How many of those went to Cowan and McMillan? Of the 27. I'm combining the total for Cowing and McMillan. Yes. 25. Exactly 25. That I and I didn't even cheat on that. That was just I, thirteen targets for Cowing, twelve targets for McMillan. The only other wide receiver that got a target in this game for Arizona is Lamonius Craig, Montana Mon- L- Lamonius Craig, formerly of Colorado, yeah. who got two targets. Um, the only other players to get targets in Arizona's passing game uh, were Coleman, the running back, uh, McLaughlin, the tight end. See, and that's why I'm not stressing the, the the wide receivers all that much because, again, if it was just Taj Washington and Brendan Rice, that'd be totally fine if USC was able to have the offensive line right. settle well, and is, Caleb Williams settle, and the offense would be fine in terms of the passing game. Th- this is the weird thing, too. I think we've been spoiled about how the offense has been in terms of the distribution and all those things because... Only six receivers for SC caught passes today. Um, five of them were wide receivers. Uh, Austin Jones caught a couple of passes. Um, but five of them were, were wide receivers. But, like, SC has had games this year where there's been, like, 14 different receivers uh, have caught passes. And when it's when there's distribution distribution like that, I've said that, like, it's hard to blame you know, say that Singer is, you know, not performing up the stuff because, you know, Mario Williams isn't exactly catching a bunch of balls either. Um, Mario Williams had two catches tonight and two targets. Uh, and and those Dorian Singer catches. had one target and no catches. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that, I think Lamont's right that Rice, Taj, and... Michael Jackson the third looked like the best wide receivers at the moment. Uh, Rice being wide receiver one is something that I would not have expected at all in the offseason, but such a testament to his development and how he's grown as a player, and that is a huge win for, for SC in the offensive he, he, um, side of things. He's a huge threat. for. Like I said, Brendan Rice as the huge, as the big, deep threat, Plus Taj Washington as the he's just going to get open somewhere mm-hmm. threat. Perfectly sufficient as, you know, and then supplemented by Mario Williams and Kyron Hudson and Michael Jackson the third and, and Dorian Singer and all that kind of stuff. Perfectly sufficient. Yeah. You need an offensive line who gives your quarterback time and need your quarterback to feel comfortable mm-hmm. enough to set and throw. Yeah, I- Absolutely, yeah. I I do not do not disagree uh, at all. Uh, Andrew says, "How much is Zachariah Branch missed?" Um, I think it's hard to say. I think Zach Branch is missed considerably right now, specifically right now, because those quick passing con- concepts, those uh, yak opportunities, I like the whole idea of yak and all of that kind of stuff. He was the primary guy that USC was targeting. They were they 
they had s- specific plays that were designed to get the ball into Zachariah Branch's hands quickly at the at and near the line of scrimmage for him to then go off and run. And I don't think USC is running those same plays for for other players, certainly not to the degree that they were with him. And you take that whole chunk of the playbook out of the the game plan and your your offense is that much less balanced. So mm-hmm. I would prefer if they just instead of just Zachariah Branch is is not here, so we're just not going to run those plays. I would prefer they found somebody else that they felt comfortable doing it to. Right. But uh, but for the, but right now it's very clear that when he's back in, we will see the return of a lot of those plays, and thus the offense will open up considerably. So it does feel like he's missing. Should that be the case? Should that be the way it is? I don't think so, but that is the way it is. Because you think that Mario Williams should be able to step in there. Why not step in with Mario Williams there? Uh, I mean, this is your opportunity to to use Relique in a game game or two if if you trust him. Right. Um, Yeah. Uh, David says, "Who's the guy on the?" Or Michael Jackson. Th- Michael Jackson the third is good at yak. Let you know, it's not the That's same true. skill set, but he returns punts. Give yeah. him that opportunity. Yeah, uh, David says, "Who's the guy in the receiver core that you trust the most to win one-on-one jump balls?" It, it's got to be Brendan Rice, He's right? Brendan Rice. Yeah. yeah. the the will the the other thing is I don't think this offense is Needs. predicated on needing someone who wins one-on-one jump balls because yeah. the whole guise of the offense is to get people and get receivers in open space right that's yeah. that's the plan um we did see uh rice go up and get one in this game um and yeah i, I i'm not gonna sit here and say that i'm an nfl draft expert certainly not um but i feel like i feel like rice is a gonna end up being a, like a first round talent He's he's got to get a look. He's, it's the size and speed combo that I think it yeah. like like really could translate to the next level, more so than any of the other guys for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, um, and and that's that's really starting to come together. Um, yeah, uh, LFG in the chat earlier on uh, said uh, nerd history note: one of the 2023 DBs coach um, for Arizona tonight, uh, Dwayne Aquina, the DBs coach for Texas. Uh, in SC's national championship lost to Texas. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Fun note, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's always, there's always, there's always connections uh, back to those things. It's, it's weird how small of a world college football is, you know? It, it's like, I, I learned that, I learned this year that there's only been like 20, 20 something thousand or maybe 30,000 uh, baseball players in the history of MLB. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with coaches, there's probably only like 2,000 dudes to ever do it. There's certainly more, obviously, but like it feels this, like there's there might just be like a couple hundred dudes and everyone knows someone at some point this and has is, worked with somebody. This is exactly the basis of the conversation you and I were having the other day about what's more difficult, the grind to be great or yes. staying great. like. The, it's the, the ar- reason it's the reason the grind is more difficult. The grind to be great is more difficult is exactly for the like that small sample size that you're talking about. Like, there's only ever been 20,000 MLB players ever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there are. Such, and how many little leaguers have there been? How Millions? many? How many people have aspired to be yeah. an, an MLB player, let alone a great MLB player? Exactly. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. It's 1 a.m. I I I think I think we're going to stop there. We good? It's 1 a.m. We still got 400 people in the in the in the car. All right. So. Well, I mean, we can keep going. Yeah. We keep going. Or we we appreciate you, robots. Yeah. Um. By the way, Torin, earlier on, uh, I we have a bunch of th- of questions that we've started that we either haven't got to yet or, or or whatnot. Uh. So I can run through those really quick. Torin says, "Hey, is the Rot Discord and the Rot YouTube membership a different membership? I need to be able to rant all week. It's the same thing. So the way it works, four ninety nine gets you our YouTube membership, which includes the discord uh so you get access to our bonus content which is the thursday night uh right after dark show that we put together and discord uh for 4.99 a month uh there's also like a there's a rot support that's called the rot squad there's also the rot supporters um club which is basically like a sort of like a tip jar that works as well so uh but that does not include discord yeah so that that's the difference is is The Rot Supporters Club is is basically just like a just a tip, and yeah, the, just the tip, the, yeah. just the tip. Yeah. The Rot Squad, it's the Rot Squad, right? Yes, that the Rot is squad. The, that is the tier you have to be on to be on the Discord. That's the important thing to know. Yeah, uh, the Greg Discord, says, which is which is certainly popping on game days. I yeah, can say. I feel bad because when I am not at the game and I'm, you know, we we just cut cable, um, which is sort of sucky because watching games streaming you're like a minute behind and so sometimes i feel like i'm not as active in the discord on game days because you can get spoiled you get spoiled so easily over there because it's going moving so quickly there's so many people in the discord uh that that are posting it's a really nice little fun community that we've been able to put together uh and we enjoy it we really enjoy it all week there's conversations and stuff going on you can add podcast questions and stuff too i, um, I am impressed with the number of people in the chat who are on yeah. east time on a lot east of Coast people time, saying keep is, going it is 4 a.m for them yeah. matthew says keep going y'all are grinding um, we've got we've got uh, Avlo says keep going Avlo is in malaysia so it's actually the 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 evening or yeah. late afternoon for them so Je- jeff and denmark they're, they're says it's 10 a.m yeah so <laughs> champagne breakfast 4 a.m for scots yeah there are a lot of people on the east coast uh as well um yeah we're, we're worldwide all right let's let, let's yeah. keep going uh sc and arizona we're going to dig into the stats a little bit more um talk about um marshawn lloyd 15 carries 86 yards a touchdown um what was your thought of, thoughts on uh, his his game tonight? Release him, car. <sighs> Just hand the ball off to him, please. That's one way to put it. Hand the ball off to him, please. I know that the offensive line is unreliable. I get it. I get it. I get it. But with an unreliable offensive line, dude still averaged 5.7 yards per carry. Yeah. Dude's still out there breaking off long runs. Like, just give him the ball. And and give Austin Jones the ball, too. Like, I, I have nothing against Austin Jones. He's just not, a, not as exciting. He's still an effective running yeah. back. Like, USC could be running the ball more than they are. USC should be running the ball more than they are. Marshawn Lloyd is outstanding. 
And if he gets stuffed on a play, don't abandon the run for the next two drives just because of yeah. one stuffed play. Can, can, can I rant a little bit about the, my, uh, my little yeah. complaint about the run game? Yeah. Um, SC has done this twice in a row. They did it tonight and they did it against Colorado where it's like they haven't necessarily run the ball much. But all of a sudden there's a moment where they decide to run. They choose to run. They choose to run. And it's run, big gain, run, big gain. That's when you should switch it up. But no, they run a third time and it's like loss of six. Yeah. And I know this is just completely results biased, like, you know, based on the outcome. It's like, oh, why? just you don't. But the, the point is, you don't have to get all of your runs in a certain set of number of plays. Yeah. Like, just run the ball when you think you should run the ball. Uh, I genuinely do wonder how much of the lack of running is is because, A, um, Caleb Williams' decision-making. We know that a lot of it is RPOs and zone reads and those kind of things. Um, but how much of it is... He's being taught, hey, when there's when the box count looks like this, uh, you know, pass. Um, and and so maybe you can sort of change those things a little bit to fudge them to encourage more running, uh, design like call straight up runs instead of plays that have options, take the options out of his hands, maybe a little bit more to run the ball. I don't know. Uh, I, I think there's there's absolutely ways to to run the ball more effectively uh, or run, run the ball more often, especially when SC is so effective running the ball when they do it. You know, we talked about it last year when there was back when football outsiders existed and we could pull up the line mm. stats, uh, things like opportunity rate and how great um, SC was in opportunity rate. SC was elite run blocking offensive line last year and it just it just feels it, w it would make life easier for caleb williams because the mm -hmm. other team would have to respect the run game if, if you committed to it occasionally yeah. I, I just really really love watching marshawn lloyd run the ball and it is very sad to me that he does not get the number of opportunities that he should uh, I also think that USC could probably use the running backs in the passing game more often. Mm -hmm. In this game, you know, a screen or two would have really hit. A running back screen yeah, would have really hit. And it, it just doesn't seem to be something that USC is interested in. So, I don't know. Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, and also, like, you know, I, I think we should consider things like bubble screens run plays. Yeah, yeah because those are essentially runs. They're just extended handoffs to the perimeter instead. And a bubble screen or two might have been very effective in this game as well. Yeah. yeah. Or one of those, like, tunnel screens. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. The the play that they kept running last year, the little counter screen yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Where's that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, definitely... Um, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, there were, maybe there were, you know, a lot of time spent on the, the little swinging door two-point conversion thing i i still can't believe this, i still like, can't believe that's the kind of bullcrap you pull when you're doing an extra point or something like that like i mean it was a two-point conversion yes you save all the weirdo weirdo I, stuff I for just, those moments i just don't know what that play was hoping to accomplish <laughs> short of 
backyard. <laughs> well, Caleb's going to do something with I, it now. <laughs> I want like a 30 for 30 just on that point. Like <laughs> I, want, I, I need to know. Like, Was the intention to throw the ball? Was that ever the intention on that play? Was it strictly to overload the, the defense so that to way? The left? it Like is the entire play designed where Caleb just – it's his decision to just whether or not he's just going to take one on two and just get to the end zone. I don't know. I, I don't know. Just, I... Whatever, whatever, <sighs> whatever it was, yeah. uh, it, it did work. Uh, it, it, it did work. Um, yeah. Lamont's uh, wondering what, uh, what Lloyd's final rushing stats were. He was 15 carries, 86 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Jeff in Denmark says, uh, where's the dog? Where's uh, Jesse? She is currently on the floor right yeah, here, and she uh, needs to go out actually. So, yeah. So, all right, we're we're gonna five. We'll, we'll go five more minutes, and then we gotta cut this short because of the pup here, uh, and then we gotta get ready in the morning because it's the Qatar Grand Prix. She's got to be super excited for that as well. Yes. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, other things in the um, in the stat book to mention: uh, Arizona five hundred and five yards of total offense, uh, atrocious. Uh, they had four sacks, tackles for loss. SC again with nine tackles for loss because that's just what they do. Arizona was eight of sixteen. They had sixteen third downs and converted half of them. In case you don't know. That's very bad. Uh, giving up 50% third down conversions is very bad. Uh, they were two for two on fourth down. That's also very bad. Um, I <laughs> just pulled up some some tweets from the uh, press conference. Uh, USC head coach, Lincoln, this is from Shotgun Spratley, USC head coach Lincoln Riley on the slow start, quote, wasn't anything very good. Uh, we didn't coach very good. We didn't execute very good. We kind of all took our turns, offense, defense, and special teams. Accurate. I think I think that that sort of sums it up well. Uh, Chris Trevino dropped the little nugget that Mason Cobb said that his rib came out of place tonight. I do not like that. That does not sound like a thing that's supposed to happen to a human body. Shotgun um, says, I honestly don't know the science of how that works, but it doesn't sound pleasant. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Yeesh. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, not good. Not good. Uh, here's a uh, tweet from Justin Spears, who covers Arizona. Ask Jed Fish if Noah Fafita's performance affects the planet quarterback for Arizona. Fish said no. Jaden Delora is still the starter. The Wildcats are set to play uh, Jaden Delores' former team, Washington State, in Pullman next Saturday. Um, I I thought Fafita uh, was very poised. How do you not go back to, F to Fafita? The thing about Fafita is he is a more limited passer than Delora. But as we've said, Delora is the ultimate hot or cold kind of guy. He's either lighting you up for a million yards and a million touchdowns or he's throwing a million interceptions. So I do kind of feel like Arizona in the long run probably wins more games with Fafita. So I, I, you just played, you know, two of the 
two of the best teams in the conference with a guy making his first two starts and you, you lose by seven them. at home and then the other one you should have beaten on the road yeah how do you not go just stick with the hot hand I, yeah it, it's I, I i i i i don't know uh joe costello in the chat says that this game felt like a damn loss spoken like my dad i think my dad would say something <laughs> like that honestly yeah 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 all right, y'all. We're gonna wrap it up there. Uh, the uh, the old pup has to uh, to go O U T, which means it's time for us uh, to say the magic words and see her react. Of course. So uh, we'll be back Monday uh, to talk more about USC in Arizona. Then we'll be back Wednesday to preview the USC Notre Dame game. The Trojans going on the road, uh, of course, to a legal gambling state where you can use the DraftKings. Um, promotion. Bet five, get 200 bucks instantly in bonus bets and a no sweat single game parlay every day with code Reign of Troy. Uh, so you can go do that uh, and we will be meet you back here Monday, talk more Arizona game, Wednesday to talk Notre Dame. Uh, Thursday, if you join us on the Rot Squad plus Discord uh, for our Reign of Troy after dark show, uh, and then, of course, we'll be back next week uh, with what we hope will break the record again for the biggest <laughs> for the most viewership, people uh, in the USC car and Notre Dame. Next and Saturday as, should be nuts, too, because it's uh, it's Oregon-Washington as the lead-in. Yes. Uh, as third and goal in the chat says, come on, people, let's get the likes up to 100 at least. Yes. There are over 300 people, 50 people here. Show them yeah. some love. Show us some love. Hit that like button. Yeah. I mean, Hit I, that subscribe button. What, 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 are, what are we sitting at? What, what's the, what's the, I'm going to go <laughs> I over d- the. I do not know. I'm not over on We're at 84 right likes. If we get to 100, I will. Uh, don't oh, be careful. I'm not. <laughs> be I'm, careful. I will not do something that r- rhymes with custard. <laughs> custard. I would shoot custard. <laughs> Who's gonna make you the custard? I don't know. I don't know. But but <laughs> custard. I would. I would. I would shoot. So, yeah. Uh, yeah get us to a hundred likes, and uh, and we'll love you guys forever. Uh, but we gotta go. We we got to uh, to to put the D O G O U T. So we'll we'll be back on monday uh until then uh uh, the likes are up they're up to 93 they're going up hey let's go it's almost there it's almost there let's go uh we'll 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 see people people really people keep suggesting that you do the the thanksgiving shake i'm not doing this thanksgiving shake even i wouldn't do the thanksgiving we 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 talked to our friend kenny (laughs) about it and kenny makes a great point no normal person would eat it would eat the thanksgiving shake the whole thing that people like about you know the food stuff is that i don't like this crap that you guys like but the thanksgiving shake doesn't isn't the same thing because nobody would like that yeah yeah so it's it's not quite the same thing yeah so what we need is we need michael to like do a shot of like thanksgiving like turkey gravy or something like that because yeah. he doesn't like gravy. Yeah. Anyways, we're at 100. Cheers. Hey, cheers. And uh, big ups to uh, Max Verstappen, the uh, greatest race car <laughs> driver in the history of the world. So uh, <laughs> we will see you guys next time. Until then, Jesse, are you ready to pop up? Because uh, see ya. See ya. See ya.
She didn't do anything. She's what got the... her eyes. She's just staring at she me very blankly and very right. stilly. See ya, bye. <laughs> you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.